Good morning. Happy Tuesday, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Amy G., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Today's date is Tuesday, May 30th, and today we are reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We are in the chapter We Agnostics on page 47, down at the very bottom of the page, that last sentence. Today's readers are, and thank you for your service, John K., Sherry K.B., Stephanie L., Patty F. The reference number for this morning's 7 a.m. meeting is 9990. That's 9990. And for yesterday's 10 a.m. meeting, May 29th, is 9989. That's 9989. Okay, the OA preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We don't take any, sorry, we take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask for Stephanie L. to read the 12 steps. Go ahead, Stephanie. Hi, this is Stephanie Al, covered compulsive reader in Southern California. Step one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except one to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message out to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. And I'll pass. Thank you, Stephanie L. I will now ask for Patty F. to please go ahead and read the 12 traditions. Hello. Good morning. This is Patty F. I'm a compulsive overeater. The 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA names to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. 
We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is a spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Oh, goodness. Excuse me one second here. Thank you, Beatrice. I mean, thank you, Patty. Okay, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. If you run over, you'll hear me say time. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only, please. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. Again, there's no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted, and please try to avoid speaking on speakerphone. Today, we resume our study in the big book in the chapter We Agnostics on page 47 at the bottom of the page there. Um, I will ask for John Kay to get us started. Go ahead, John. Good morning. Uh, it's uh, John Kay, Recovered Compulsive Reader in Los Angeles. Besides the seeming inability to accept much on faith, we often found ourselves handicapped by obstinacy, sensitiveness, and unreasoning reasoning prejudice. Many of us had been so touchy that even casual reference to spiritual things made us bristle with antagonism. This sort of thinking had to be advanced. Though some of us resisted, we found no great difficulty in casting aside such feelings. Faced with alcoholic destruction, we soon became open-minded on spiritual matters as we had tried on other questions. In this respect, alcohol was a great persuader. It finally beat us into a state of reasonableness. Sometimes this was a tedious process. We hoped no one would be prejudiced for as long as some of us were. Wow, boy, I must have been around when I was there because that certainly described me. I came into my first program as this one incredibly radically atheist, uh, and it kept me from getting any recovery for, for quite a while because I would walk in and see that word, the G word, up in the middle of the step, and uh, I just didn't, couldn't get it for a while. Uh, but finally, you know, like it said, you know, alcohol beat me into reasonableness. I think that's a very funny uh, sentence, by the way. Uh, but what finally did it was talking to a person who became my first sponsor in my first program who turned to me and said, you know, Don, you can, you can stay here, be 150 years old, have 100 years of sobriety. Nobody's ever going to make you believe anything you don't want to believe, you know. You can just stay that way as long as you just keep coming, keep, you know, all your substances down. Just keep an open mind, and, and that was the key. And because he said it that way, you know, and it, it sort of took the pressure off, and, and I was able to consider uh, things differently because I, I came in so paranoid in that first program. I've heard people new, tell newcomers, "Oh, just keep coming, you'll get it." Well, I mean, that would have sent me out just as quick as I would have been so paranoid. I've been, "Oh my God, the cult is going to try and get me." But all he said was, keep an open mind, and it did. It allowed the door to crack just a little, the old mustard mm. seeds, as it said. Mm. And um, is that time? Oh, I heard somebody say. Um, no, you're good. You're good. Keep okay. rolling. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, the one thing he did tell me, is the only thing I understand about God is you're not it. And that was, you know, an important thing to hear. And I had to find something, a higher power of my own, you know. But the first part of that was, I had to disassemble the higher power I had been given because it just didn't work. It made me run away, and I need to realize, no, this was not. I had a conception of something that wasn't real. I needed to tear it down, and then uh, part of it is, is I had used the word why too much. I think a lot of people take the word why, and it rips them from any conscious contact with the higher power. Why did this happen? Why did? How can there be a God if this or that? And I heard somebody say the most wonderful thing one day. He said, you know, 
why is the most useless word in in the universe? Because it, you know, if you're saying asking why is something you don't like, and if you get that why answered exactly the way you want to, you're just when you start. And when you don't, you're frustrated. And once I, I got rid of that, it really helped. And with me, just like it talks in the spiritual experience, it wasn't a, a flash like Bill had. It was the educational variety. You know, 35 years of coming back in here and quote coincidence, unquote, after coincidence made me realize. And today, I tell sponsors and newcomers who are really having trouble with this look. The most important thing right now is not a belief in any specific higher power. It is getting and believing the belief that you are the lesser power. You've tried this. It hasn't worked. There are people here who can help. Come. Maybe you will find something down the road. And that's what happened to me. I started with the program, and now I do have a higher power, and I lead a much happier life. I keep my substances down. I, I am as happy as I was at my best time with all of my substances in full gear, because they have none of the negative effects now. So with that, I pass. Thank you, John Kay. So who would like to share on what was read, please? Judy P. from Central New Jersey. Judy P. Helen D. Ashley P. Carolyn D. Ashley P. Reggie O. Reggie O. Helen D. Yeah, I think I got you. Was it Carolyn D? Oh, it's it's Talon with a T. Taran D? Sorry, I'm not getting that. (laughs) Talon, T-A-L-Y-N. Oh, Taran. Okay, got it. Taran D. Okay, anybody else? All righty. We'll get started. Judy P., Taran D., Ashley P., and Reggie O. Judy, you are up. Thank you so much for your service. Judy P., Compulsive Overeater from Central New Jersey. And, you know, when I read this line, faced with food destruction, you know, we soon became as open-minded on spiritual matters. But to be honest, you know, I was continually faced with food destruction and nothing could stop me. And even after I came in my first time in my first recovery and I did have that big spiritual awakening, um, you know, the disease still came back in. And, you know, one of those cold, hard facts I've had to accept is the spiritual awakening will not keep me in recovery. Um, I have to do everything else that the book says. But, you know, for some reason I thought that was all I had to do. Once I had that, I had it made. Um, But it was not true. And I came in also, um, you know, touchy at the thought of God. I didn't believe in God, made fun of people who believed in God. I thought it was a joke. Uh, but I don't even know how I started to believe. I just started writing letters to God and reading books on God. And, you know, I must have started getting some kind of peace from it because I just started believing. And um, I have no idea how it's brought me to this amazing relationship with with the higher power that I have today. Uh, it, it, and, you know, it's sort of like in spite of myself, I have this amazing relationship. And I can only say to the person who does not believe, if you do what it says, you will have a spiritual awakening in spite of believing it will never happen to you. It happens. And um, and and you can't, for me, I can't describe it because for me, God is beyond human words or human comprehension. But the one thing I found is, um, you know, it is a personal relationship because I share the same higher power as many people do around the world. It's a common higher power of a, of, of religion. And um, and I have a very close friend who has the same belief as I do in program. And it's so funny because we'll talk about, you know, I'll talk about my relationship and, you know, the messages I get. And she talks about hers and they're like totally different. Same higher power, totally different. And, you know, I just believe that God manifests itself in each of us however we can receive our higher power, him, her, whatever you want to call it. Um, God will come to us how we can accept him. And uh, I'll tell you, I am so grateful to know I am not running the show. I am not in charge. Thank you, God. And um, thanks again for your service, and I'll pass. Thank you so much, Judy P. Taran D., please go ahead. 
Hi, this is Talon D from outside Philly. And I was thinking this morning about what keeps me handicapped from moving forward and really just moving forward with um, recovery and change. And the word that came to my mind is fear, fear of change, fear of letting go of old ideas. I had a lot of old ideas about that and I still do and fear of letting go of my self-sufficiency and letting go of trying to always manage things. Um, So I was thinking about this fear and what it is and I looked it up and the definition, this is crazy, it's an unpleasant emotion or feeling caused by a belief caused by a belief. So fear really, I think about this, fear really only serves us in a genuinely dangerous situation. So if I was like being attacked by an animal or was in a birding building or something like that, fear is useful because it helps me get out of that situation. Um, But with, in regards to recovery, I was thinking about fear and how it holds us back because it's, it's an irrational belief for me. It's like an imagined um, irrational fear that if I let go of these old ideas, if I let go of my self-sufficiency, that I'll be, I'll be in danger. (laughs) And that's a lie. That's a lie that my mind tells me that, that this is a scary thing. Um, So I was also thinking about how I can't get rid of this fear on my own. I would love to just say, okay, so rationally I can say this isn't a scary thing. I'm going to stop feeling scared. I'm going to get rid of this fear. But I can't. I still feel scared. (laughs) But what I can do is I can move forward despite my fear. And I can have courage and go forward knowing that and looking. This is what helps me a lot. Looking at the people who have gone before me, the people who share on this line every day, looking at where they were and how far they've come and their faith, looking at them and saying, okay, I trust that they're not lying and I can do this. So I move forward despite the fear. And I think that is where I can grow faith and trust. And as I keep moving forward, despite my fear, I build more and more faith and trust. And it's like a muscle that I'm growing. And um, yeah, that's all I have. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Tarn D. Ashley P., it's your turn, and Reggie O., you're next. Um, hi, this is Ashley. Can you hear me? Ashley, I can hear you. Great, thanks. Um, yeah, I really like this um, paragraph because, for me, it reminds me of... Hold on, let me just set my timer. I've got your time too, right? Oh, okay. um, actually, Sorry about that. About I haven't, I haven't no shared problem. before. Um, when when no people problem. identify and um, they identify as a grateful um, compulsive overeater, I I didn't understand that when uh, when I first came into the rooms, and I I just thought, oh my gosh, it's been so hard. It's been so difficult. Um, I've been so. <sighs> beaten down by this disease that I, I just, I don't know how I could ever really feel grateful for it. And um, as I've worked the steps and um, been blessed by um, the, the promises in this program, I, I look back and I, and I think about um, all the things that have happened and I realize that if it hadn't been for the amount of pain and the amount of um, difficulty I went through, I never would have looked for a power greater than myself. I I wouldn't have needed it. Um, And I don't wish that kind of... um, I I, I don't want people to have to go through that kind of of pain and difficulty. For me, it lasted um, almost 19 years of real, real... um, real difficulty, but it was, um, 
at the end, it was what got me into the rooms, and it was it's what made me desperate enough to work the steps. And so it reminds me of um, how important that gift of of desperation is, and that really, really, really uncomfortable place. Because in that uncomfortable place, I have to reach out for something that that isn't me, that isn't my thoughts, that isn't my belief that I can figure everything out and that I know everything. I, I have to look to something greater than myself, which was um, the fellowship and, and the rooms when I first came in. And very, very slowly and very kind of unbeknownst to myself, um, morphed into uh, what what is now my higher power. Um, so I, I do try and... Um, put aside the the why for what came of it, what came of all of that. And what came of all of that is this faith today and um, my, my involvement in the program and my ability to travel um, to my childhood home and make amends to friends and family members and make those amends with um, some degree of of hope that I'm, I have some tools to prevent myself from making the same mistakes over and over again so that if I apologize, I can actually give those people um, some, some belief that things are going to be different. Um, you need to wrap up, Ashley, please. Okay. So, um, yeah, so I, I just thank everybody for being on the line. This has been a, a huge, huge part of my recovery, and I passed. Thank you. Thank you so much, Ashley P. Reggie O., it is your time. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning. Well, it's so good to hear everybody sharing this morning. It's really great. Amen. It always is, and it's really, <laughs> really great today. Um, you know, I, I, was, uh, I was that person who was handicapped by obstinacy, you know, that first sense of sensitiveness and unreasoning prejudice. And um, uh, this one I had in that came into this program, I had a God, but it wasn't a God that I had anything to do with because, as many people have said, it was a punishing God. But, you know, there's something that's no longer, the, that's no longer the, the higher power that I have today. I mean, I do call that higher power God for the most part now. That's no longer the higher power that I have today. It's changed amazingly since I've been in program. But one thing I was thinking about reading this paragraph is it's really, the steps are so beautifully uh, put together because the first step is uh, admitted that we were powerless over food, that our lives have become unmanageable. And I, I you know, faced with, as people have said, compulsive, the destruction of compulsive eating, you know, uh, that leading us into a state of reasonableness, the fear that goes along with that. You know, that's taking step one, I've heard people say, you know, is the one step you need to go, you need to do thoroughly the first time. And taking step one, if I am powerless over this thing that has caused me, a compulsive eating that has caused so many problems in my life, way beyond what I eat or put in my mouth, um, then some, there's got to be something else. You know, there's got to be something else that will that will relieve me of this. And that's what step two is. You know, I came to believe that a power greater than me, than ourselves, could restore us to sanity, the sanity that's apart from the insanity of eating compulsively and all the havoc that, that causes in our life. So that that really is perfect because I, I, I will be open at this point if I have really taken step one, if I really get that I'm powerless and, uh, you know, I, I forget. And people have said, I've, I've forgotten over and over again. And um, But we do have a way to not forget if we stay with it. But this uh, power greater than ourselves is just, you know, it really is at this point simply an openness and a willingness to believe that there's something out there. And I love the, I love the fact, the fact, I love the, you know, the, the use of evidence because, you know, there is in some respects evidence for faith. Faith is not always just there's nothing. We just have to accept something because someone said so. We have a lot of evidence on this line every day of people who have taken this path, who have come to believe in a power greater than themselves and then the rest of the steps and who are living amazing lives 
far different, you know, better than, you know, most could ever dream. Uh, and, you know, mine continues to get better every day and my relationship and understanding of my higher power grows and changes every day. But we do have evidence that it works. And, it's, and you know, that, that power greater than ourselves certainly is individual. You know, I, I have a personal relationship, and it's a personal relationship for me too. The intellectual one doesn't work for me. But, um, you know, it's just a willingness, a willingness that this, or an openness, maybe I would say an openness to believe, a will, and a willingness to believe that there is something, a power greater than me that can restore me to my sanity. And that's all that is asked at this point. So with that, I'll pass. Perfect timing. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Who would like to share next? Thank you, Reggie. We got time. Laura G. Adam uh, S. Laura G. Adam S. Amanda R. Amanda R. Sherry K. B. Sherry. I'm going to put myself in there too. Sherry K. B. Terry H. I missed that. Who is that? Terry H. Terry H. Okay, that sounds like a good group. Unless there's somebody else. Thought I heard somebody. Stephanie L. Stephanie L. Okay, Laura G, Adam S, Amanda R, Sherry KB, Amy G, Terry H, and Stephanie L. And Laura G, you are up. Thank you. Thank you for your service and for everybody for being here. Um, I'm Laura G, a grateful, recovering, obsessive, compulsive food eater. Um, really excited about how understanding. Uh, higher power, you know, the, the concept to me was always a right or wrong thing, a good or bad thing. I couldn't, couldn't really, couldn't embrace uh, a loving creator. I, I just, I was always on one side of the spectrum or the other, and uh, usually on the, the side that was in shame and blame and and uh, always taking me right to the uh, comfort, which was always a lie. And uh, I sense that the way I'm understanding it every single day, uh, it's getting clearer and clearer. And there's, it's pressing on my heart to say that to people that are new, that are just starting, and um, even to us that have been here forever, Laura, we lost you. Okay, well, if you um, get back in, feel free to chime back in. Okay, Adam S., your turn, please. Are you still there? Oh, wait, I just thought, Laura, you made it back. Okay, you got about yeah. a minute, Laura. Okay, I just we lost some, uh, press this, press that, press this. Oh, anyway, that made Sorry, we lost you. You hear me now? I can. Please go ahead. You got about a minute oh. or so. Oh, that's okay. I can wrap up quicker than that. I just want to say that keep breathing it in, breathing it out, and realize that you're at the right place, especially if you have been lost in the uh, obsession and the uh, the behavior of binging and not knowing how to stop. Uh, hope is here in these rooms and any other fellowship program that you're led to. Higher power does rule these fellowships, and uh, it takes some time, some of us longer than others, but there is hope. Thank you so much, Laura. Adam S., your turn. Hi, this is Adam S., um, a compulsive overeater, and uh, uh, thank you all for being here. I, I, I love these meetings. And um, I wasn't, I didn't discover the vision for you till till a while back, and then I heard that it it, it meets at 7 a.m. West Coast time. So I've been uh, dabbling, and uh, I've been in program for a long time. I'm here in, on vacation with family in Florida, and to me, you know, getting on this meeting is kind of speaks to the the power that I found. Uh, I've been abstinent for 18 and a half years now, and um, the the power I found was was was, and I heard it earlier was 
I heard multiple people share this, um, talking about how, you know, there's no, that, that step one experience, um, it was so clear to me that, that I was done. I, I didn't have any more answers. And something happened early on. I, over the years, I, I don't know exactly what God is, nor do I think I, it would, I'd be very surprised if I ever had a, a, a definitive answer of what a, what a God or a higher power is. But I knew one thing for sure, and I still know it, because my whole vacation is still based around my abstinence of this program. So I have to go, I don't care if I'm away for a week, I have to go to meetings, I have to um, take, protect my food sobriety, and that's the most important thing. And I found that um, the I am so committed to being in this program in the sense that I have to continue this, and this is where I get my power. I didn't have the power absent the program. So that's the, the, the most cemented power I found is, is in practicing the steps and doing um, and working with others and doing what's after me. That's where I find the power. Over the years, um, I, I think that, that I dip in and out of, of, of different ideas about God and different experiences. And I heard earlier about, you know, uh, you know I do believe God, my God or my higher power will, will sort of reveal itself as, 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 my, as needed. But um, the one thing that I take for sure that I, that I can really, really, for me at least, that I can really feel the power is, is in all of you and in the principles of the program. More than the religion I grew up in, more than looking at a beautiful uh, beach, more than anything is I, I just um, keep showing up to what works regardless of Time. what's happening. So thanks for letting me show. Great. Thank you so much, Adam S., Amanda R., and then Sherry KB. Go ahead, Amanda. Good morning. This is Amanda R. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Maine. And um, I was kind of laughing to myself about my own journey through this. Um, when I was, we find ourselves handicapped by obstinacy, sensitiveness, and unreasoning prejudice. And um, I thought of myself when I first came into this program. You know, I had a, a religious faith that I'm I loved. I still love. I think I love it more now that I've actually really been able to commit to living it because I've I've worked the steps. But when I first came into this program, the word that that hit me and <laughs> got my unreasoning prejudice was higher power. And I'm like okay, I don't know if I can trust these people. Are they going to, like, try to change what I have? And, um, you know, I, I, was pretty, I was pretty scared about that. Uh, and I spoke to someone after a meeting, and to their <laughs> unending credit, they did not roll their eyes or, or laugh. They just um, directed me to someone they knew in the program who happened to have the same faith as I did. And I just sort of talk to them about, you know, can I, can I be sponsored by someone who doesn't have the same faith as me? Like what, what's going to happen? And they, and, and they really reassured me like, no, there's, it's really not about that. It's, it doesn't, the word itself doesn't matter. Um, the word higher power, the words higher power, the word God, those are all just really inadequate words for this thing that, that none of us can really nail down or figure out because it's, bigger than us. And so I I encourage people who might be, you know, coming in like me and a little worried, you know, what's what's going to happen? Am I going to lose what I have? No, it's it's you you really whatever you come in with fits. It's really okay. Um and you don't have to be <laughs> you don't have to be worried like I was. You don't have to search around for a sponsor that has the same faith as you. They are, your sponsor's not going to try to change you. They they might point out some areas that you could investigate and grow, but um sponsors never never going to try to tell you what to believe about a higher power. So, that's my hope for the morning and and I will pass. Thank you, Amanda R. Sherry KB, you're up. Good morning, Amy G. Good morning, everybody. This is Sherry KB in Northern California, Grateful Recovery Compulsive I Reader. Thanks for your service. Um, get on my clock here. Oops. Sorry. Um, when I'm looking at this, the first sentence is a seemly inability to 
to accept much on faith. Um, what I think about is, you know, things are repeated in this book a lot, seemingly hopeless state of mind, seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. And now I'm hearing seemingly inability to accept um, much on faith. And that, you know, I'm, that I have a handicap here because of my obstinacy and sensitiveness and being unreasonable. And when I looked up obstinacy, what jumped out at me is inflexible self-will resistance. And, boy, does that is that the definition of my disease. That's a, You know, when I do all this stuff, it's the voice of my disease telling me, you know, I have to do it my way. But we get, we get not only prayers, uh, promises, and directions and warnings in this book, and this is one of the first, I think one of the first directions, or not, maybe not one of the first, but one of the directions that says this sort of thinking had to be abandoned. So it's telling me, it's giving me a clear-cut direction here. I have to abandon my old ideas. I have to set aside my prejudices. I have to let go and cast aside these ideas that I've had because they haven't worked. And what I think about is that, you know, um, especially in spiritual matters, and, you know, I've heard people use the term God as good orderly direction. I've also heard is the gift of desperation. And, you know, for me, um, that's what I needed. That's I had to, you know, my compulsive overeating brought me into places that just were awful, and this kind of thinking definitely persuaded me to start looking at it in a different way. And it's just that my disease wants to analyze and figure it all out before I have to do anything. I want to know what I'm getting myself into. But you know what? This is telling me to go on faith because what I've been doing hadn't worked. And so that, you know, I need to keep an open mind and an open heart and to cast aside my prejudices. Um, and I just feel like that, you know, that to try to figure it out is, is part of my disease. That's, that's what I've always tried to do. And, um, with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Sherry KB. My name is Amy G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland, and I'm just going to say ditto to what Sherry KB just said, but uh, I'm also focusing on this this one sentence. This sort of thinking had to be abandoned. You know, yes, we're in we agnostics, and that was certainly my case, but there was many people that come to this program, and I've sponsored them, that either have a solid religious foundation or believe in God wholeheartedly or, or agnostic or atheist or, uh, you know, any number of, of versions. And the reality was it didn't matter what the background was because of this mental obsession. And until we finally admitted, until I admitted that my thinking my mental obsession with this compulsive overeating, this greater aspect of my disease, if that my thinking was warped, you know, it says it in step one in the AA 12 and 12, that we have warped our minds with such a destructive obsession for eating or, or drinking that only an act of providence can relieve us, an act of something greater than ourselves. So, you know, for those of us that come in with faith, don't just miss this chapter. The reality is it's my thinking. It doesn't say here that my um, my eating had to be abandoned. You know, my behavior had to be abandoned. What had to be abandoned was these old ideas and this type of thinking and prejudice that stands in the way of my believing in a power greater than myself that can restore me to sanity when it comes to the issue of compulsive overeating, this issue specifically. And it talks about it. The next chapter is going to be how it works. And it's going to tell us how it works. And it's going to come up with those words abandon again. And it's going to say things like having to let go absolutely. Some of us have tried to hold on to our old ideas and the result was nil until we let go absolutely. You know, half measures availed us nothing. We had to ask for his protection and care with complete abandon. So those adjectives are telling me something here, which is it's, it's, not, it's my thinking. It says we have no mental defense and without a power greater than ourselves, whatever that may be, however we come into the program, we have to let go and be willing to follow the instructions in this in these first 164 pages, i.e. the 12 steps, in order to find peace and serenity and freedom from this disease, in my humble opinion. And with that, I will pass. And let's go ahead, Terry H. Hi. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for sharing. Uh, my name is Terry H. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in North Carolina. 
Um, wow. Um, it finally beat us into a state of reasonableness. You know, for me, um, that's where my disease took me. It beat me down, slammed me up against the wall. And finally, you know, I had that, just that little bit of willingness to be open. And, um, you know, I had a lot of prejudice as well um, toward religion and judgments. I had a lot of judgments, and, and I still do on some, some levels that I'm working on daily. Um, however, for me and my recovery, for me to, to work through this program, I had to be open and I had to be willing. I had to start the foundation and build the cornerstone of my foundation. And, you know, my disease beat me so down that I was, I came to that point that I was open. And, you know, today my connection with my higher power is so awesome um, that it helps me every day. I seek, I want more, I want to continue to to walk along side by side, holding hands, and to journey through life. Because without my higher power, I could not do anything. I couldn't deal with life. And so I turned to food and the food behaviors. You know, I'm a compulsive overeater and a bulimic and anorexic. And it just wore, beat me down to the point where, you know, I had to make a decision. I, either I wanted to live or I wanted to die. And by working through the 12 steps, with my sponsor, you know, and getting more clarity about that connection with my higher power and the spiritual principles of this program, I knew I had that experience, um, spiritual experience that, yeah, you know, this is, this is it. Um, I definitely, you know, want to seek that each day in my journey. Um, I am powerless. I am powerless. And, you know, Every day in my recovery, I seek that guidance and that power to help me along. And every day I start over. And, you know, it takes work, it takes action, but it's so worth it. The freedom, the peace, serenity that comes along with it every day just keeps me wanting to work a little bit harder. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Terry H. Stephanie L., your turn. Hi, this is Stephanie L, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Southern California. And man, some really good shares this morning, and I related so much. And I could say, like was already said, I could just say ditto to everyone, um, because the 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 part of this paragraph of what we read that you know really strikes home to me was, you know, it finally beat us into a state of reasonableness. And you know, I was brought up to believe that you know you have to be strong and never let anyone see you sweat and, you know, always look over your shoulder because, you know, you never know what's going to happen. And um, so I, I, I've always been, you know, I have to be in control. I have to be in control. And um, I was also brought up with a higher power that was punishing and waiting for me to make a mistake and waiting to, you know, if I wasn't perfect, well, just forget it because, you know, I, I had to be perfect to be, to be worthy of this God until this program after being here for over 10 years and having stints of abstinence and stints of, of recovery until, you know, at the end of a three and a half year relapse where I just got to this point of, I don't know how to fix this. I don't know how to fix this. I sponsor hopped, I program hopped, I, I, I food plan hopped, I tried everything, every, you know, me, 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 I, I, I was searching for the answer. How can I fix this? What do I do? You know, a hundred pounds up, a hundred pounds down, you know, what, what, and, and that's with, you know, a head full of, of big book knowledge and, you know, having studied this book and, you know, it's a perfect example of self-knowledge avails us nothing, you know, until I got to that point where it didn't matter if I didn't necessarily trust God. It didn't matter that, you know, I, I had to unlearn all of these things that I thought were, you know, these perceptions of who I had to be and what life had to be. And, you know, and I just got to that point of, you know, desperation where my first prayer was just, I don't know. I don't know who you are, God. I don't know if I believe that you believe in me. I don't know if you're going to, it doesn't matter anymore. I just don't know. I don't know. I'm out of answers. I'm, I, I don't know. And that was my first prayer 
over a year and a half ago. And, um, you know, God has restored me to sanity, but I had to hit that place. This disease had to drag me through the mud over and over and over again, faced with compulsive overeating destruction. You know, I became open-minded to anything, anything. And, um, that moment of desperation, I am forever grateful for, and I never want to forget that. Um, and I have to be reminded of that because that is where this disease takes me. And um, where I am today is where my God and only my higher power can bring me to freedom from the obsession, freedom from this disease, recovered, um, living a life. You know, I'm living the promises today. And how do you go from that despairing wreck to someone who can go back to school and change? You know, just so many things to be grateful for because of that moment of desperation. So um, thank you all for being here this morning. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Stephanie L. Okay, so we have a few more minutes for maybe two shares. Would someone like to chime in? Kathleen O. Kathleen O. One more person? Fanny R. Somebody R. What was that first name? Annie. Tammy? Annie. Sammy. Got it. Annie, Annie, Tammy, whatever. Oh, Annie, sorry. <laughs> okay, Kathleen O., you are up. Please go ahead. Good morning, Annie. Thank you for your service. This is Kathleen O., gratefully recovered compulsive reader in California. And the word abandon, um, you know, I had to let go of my old ideas. I needed to be open-minded, and I needed to be willing, because... If, you know, I, 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 like, I think the analogy of um, if I have a life-threatening disease and I go to a doctor and I have a bad experience with that doctor, am I going to say, well, I'm never going to a doctor again? That would be kind of crazy thinking. So if I, if I come across 20 people that say, hey, this doctor works for me, go check out this doctor, I need to be willing to let go of the fact that I think all doctors are bad and go to this doctor and, and check out this doctor. And I just might find that this doctor, you know, might be able to cure my disease. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, this, this is really about um, just following directions uh, because if I want to go somewhere and I don't know how to get there, I'm not going to get there unless I follow the directions. If someone gives me directions and I can go, then I'm going to get to where I need to go. And I don't know how many of you get on the line right before the meeting starts, but it's really amazing. There's, there's, you can hear the, you know, making sure everyone's on the line to do the readings and do it, you know, ready to make everything happen for this meeting. And then you hear Leah get on and say, okay, we're all set, let's go. And when that happened this morning, I thought, you know, this is just kind of this exhilarating ride I take every morning. And um, and I just want to thank everyone who makes it happen because, you know, we can all get on board and go for the ride and be happy, joyous, and free once we get there. So with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Kathleen O. All right, Annie R., you'll be finishing us up. All right, hi, Annie R. from uh, Pittsburgh. And um, can you hear me okay? I can hear you great. Thank you. Okay, great. Woo-hoo. Glad I'm in for the ride, too. I want a ticket for that. Um, I'm walking on my break at work, so I don't have a big book in front of me, but um, we're talking about higher power, and I believe I read this uh, portion yesterday and did a little studying on it. And um, I realized that in this particular area, you know, that um, we're, we're coming up on step two. And I remember reading you know, that um, the steps 2 through 12 never mention um, our substance. Uh, what they mention is our design for living. And that's what this is about. It's nothing to do with my food. And um, food's my Band-Aid. Food is my pacifier. Food is my banky, my banky and all that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, so none of it has to do with food. So... When I first came to the program, I'm very, very spiritual, very religious, um, and God is my higher power without a doubt. 
But I didn't think that um, this was appropriate. <laughs> this is inappropriate. He really just can't be bothered worrying about what I shove in my pie hole, you know, but that's not true, especially in reading this, because when I'm at step two, it's no longer about what's going into my mouth. It's really what's coming out of my mouth, which comes from my heart. So it's all about how I live and how tolerant and loving I am um, to others. It's all about my design for living that this book and this program and this um, way of life teaches me. You know, it has nothing to do with food. So absolutely, I know that my higher power, who is God, wants me to come to him to help me with all of this. Absolutely, he wants me to live in his will. He wants me to ask for his thoughts and what his desires and his will is for me. And um, mine, you know, just isn't on the top level anymore. So when I realized that, you know, this, this, even in this reading in the book that it's not about the food after step one, you know, it really allows me to really believe with everything in me that, you know, that not only um, will God help me with this, but he insists upon it. He insists upon it. And thank you, God, for that. And thank you all for being here. Have a great day. Pass. Thank you so much, Annie. Okay, so we're going to wrap things up here. I'd like to thank everyone who has shared. What a great meeting. We will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And will Sherry KB go ahead and close us out? Go ahead, Sherry. Okay, Amy, thank you. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.